Hello, everybody, and welcome to SparkleCast episode number six with the one and only Michael Bertrando. In this episode, we get real. Let me paint the picture. It's been months since I recorded the last SparkleCast, and my life has totally changed. I have just stepped down from running the Annoyance Theater, and in this episode, Michael and I talk about being direct no matter what it costs, deciding to choose love instead of always being pissed at life, And we just get super honest in this interview. We discover what it's like to travel by yourself, how you discover who you're not, and Michael shares his experience of doing ayahuasca, among many other things. Enjoy SparkleCast episode number six. Hello, everybody. Welcome to SparkleCast. This is the podcast where we, I invite people who exemplify their inner sparkle. I'm sitting across to a uh, plaid-shirted man with slick-backed hair. His shirt is open four buttons down. I've got a wide view of his masculine chest. He works out a lot. And he's using a napkin just a second ago to as a do-rag to soak up all his sweat. How are you, Michael Bertrando? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> I love I love how you look right now. Thank you, Philip. I I don't love how you look right now. That's fair. I'm wearing a overly bright tank top that's screaming yeah. for attention. Yes. Uh, I'm in my uh, casual summer boat wear mm-hmm. because it's my only fashion look in summer. Yes. I'm good at fall. That's the Fall's one time thing. fall I, like I can fall. do. Fall's my favorite time of year. Well, no, that's not true. Summer's my favorite time of year. Yeah, less is it. more. Less is more. Yeah, yeah, I can show off my body. <laughs> Tell us more about your body. What? I work out. That's it. I didn't used to. Now I do. And I do yoga. When did you start working out? Um, I started working out hardcore probably like when I worked on the cruise ship like five years ago I started. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got in the best shape of my life when I was no, on yeah, my cruise ship. Yeah, I did too. There was nothing else to do. But then I did. And then after that, I got into the triathlons and all that when I was in California. And that's... Yeah, didn't look back after that. You've just been... I remember when you yeah. came back from Argentina and you looked great, yeah. but you were like, I've gotten fat. And yeah. no noticeable difference, but yeah. you were just like, I've got to get back to gay fit look. Well, no, I don't I think call. I said that. I think I said cruise ship look. Yeah, I say gay oh, fit. Oh, you say gay fit? Well, because I, I am so... I have so much body dysmorphia that I'm always saying I want to be skinnier, but that is inaccurate because I'm a skinny right. person, but right. I don't have gay fit. Okay. Gay well, fit is where there's no yeah. observable body fat. Okay. Well, no, I have observable body fat, which is fine. Some days I don't, but some days I do. Yeah. I watch what I eat, I work out, and, you know, that's it. That's it. I don't run. I used to run. I, I hate run running, here. too. I hate it. I tried doing it on the treadmill. I can't do it. I do do, sometimes I'll do that thing, the elliptical or whatever <laughs> at the gym, but that's it. I think walking's enough. I walk a lot. I take walks. Everybody I in New York. Walks. But, like, on purpose, not just to, like, you know, because I got to go somewhere, like, you know, at night or something. I'll just go take a walk for no reason. Yes. Except to walk. There's yeah. a walking culture, though. That's one yeah. of my favorite things about the city. People will be like, why not walk across the Williamsburg Bridge? Right. Back home in California, there's no fucking way. Yeah. You know, people drive everywhere. It's awful. Well, I mean, although, like, in California, like, I did go hike. That was the, in California, I went hiking every day. Yeah. But I had my sport. dog then, too. Y- you had your was, dog? I had my dog in California. I didn't yeah. know you had a dog. Oh, yeah. What is your relationship with your with oh, dogs? Oh, my God. Well, I, oh, my God. Like, people, well, like, you knew me, like, when I first moved, or when I second moved here. But, like, 
Yeah, I mean, people only associated with me. It was me, Bertrando, and Lardinar. Yeah, I relate Lardy. to that so much because yeah. I am obsessed with my dog, and people know well, me. Yes, as the well, you have very specific <laughs> yeah. thoughts well, that's about why, how I take care of yes. my dog. And like every yeah, I used to go hiking every day with my dog in either run well not Runyon Canyon, but like um, I'd go to Elysian Park or um, Deb's Park, which is near where I lived, and me and my friend would hike. Every morning, literally, like an hour and a half every morning. And it was like, you know, Elysian Park's easy, but like Deb's Park, that was like a, you know, it was a real deal hike, you know, yeah. up hills and stuff and trails and yeah. Well, to give some context yeah. for your journey, so yeah. Michael Bertrando here is an improviser, he's yes. a creator, he's an interesting person, which oh, is why I wanted to talk you. to him more. He teaches at the Annoyance Theater mm-hmm. where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I met you was after you'd come back recently from an ayahuasca trip in Peru, I believe. Correct. Uh, and yeah. we met in a Starbucks and yes. had a delightful conversation yes. um, about involving you at the Annoyance. And uh-huh. you're also just one of the funniest performers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, thank you. That's nice I of mean you. it. Thank Every you. time you're on stage, I, it's a joy to improvise with you. Oh, good. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. Yeah. Uh, you could I say the that. same about me if you but wanted. That would be dishonest. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you went up through Chicago. You yes. did I.O. You did The Annoyance. Yeah. You then later ended up in L.A. for a while after yeah. doing those cruise ships. And yep. then you came back to New York. Right. Yeah, so, and I, start, I started in New York. You started Before in New York. Before Chicago, I was in New York, and I got into, um, you know, I was an actor and, like, um, like, doing, like, you know, like, regular plays or whatever and, like, did, like, you know, I toured like with a play I mean it wasn't like anything major. it was like touring like high schools and colleges it wasn't like you know some I don't know like the touring lifestyle the though yeah but it was fun yeah oh. and so um, it was weird actually at my yoga class the other day this girl was like Michael Bertrando I'm like yeah and it was like this girl Michelle who was in the tour with me like we were like toured together for like five months and like it was the first time I saw her in 20 years it was crazy and she looks actually the same when I realized who it was I had someone yeah. um, I was in a Meisner class in 6th grade <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, yeah get an early start uh, oh and God. I remember this girl Tara I will never forget that um, in Meisner I, we were doing the back and forth repetition yeah. yes. and speaking just whatever came into in our heads sixth grade. in 6th grade <laughs> what were you I was a very give um, me the pencil Instead of give me the keys, what give was me it? the pencil. <laughs> You're wearing clothes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was an early start to being an actor. My wow. first uh, show was Darn Yankees in third grade. Wow. Um, couldn't say Damn Yankees. Had to call it Darn Yankees, despite oh, wow. the title being Damn Yankees. Wow. I was Master Subtraction in my second grade play. Master Subtraction. Yeah. <laughs> Describe the role in three words. It was just I was Subtraction. I had a minus sign on me. <laughs> what was the play? I guess it was about math. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Master <laughs> subtraction. Yeah, I was like eager beaver. Yeah, and I was oh, I was the little I was the littlest Billy Goat in kindergarten. Billy Goat Scruff or whatever with the yeah. troll and the bridge. But then I did not. I remember like I always wanted to be an actor. I guess no. I think yeah. I remember that. And then I wasn't doing it. And then I remember my dad of all people who was like. You know, he was a teacher, and he was like, well, if you want to be an actor, why aren't you in the school plays? I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should do that. And so, like, I guess my sophomore or junior year, then I started doing plays, and then I went to school for acting, and then I stopped, and then just been acting ever since. I stopped school, that is, not acting. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks to your dad. Thanks to my dad, of all people, who doesn't want me to do this. But, (laughs) yeah, so, yeah, he planted it. So it's his fault. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So this girl, though, I was opposite with Tara. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're doing Meisner. We're doing Meisner. We're doing yeah. Meisner. Out of my mouth comes, you're fat. <laughs> was she? <laughs> yeah, a she little. Was, I mean, uh, but not even, like, really. Like, right. just, but that's just what came out of my mouth. Now, this Awful. is sixth grade. She start crying. She started bawling. Aww, All the people in the Tara. room just horrified. I'm trying to not say you're fat anymore, but, but you have to requires that you keep repeating <laughs> what you committed to. So I have to keep saying you're fat. Ooh. Well, what guess what? I ran into her at an improv show a month ago. Oh, really? Does she <laughs> She's speak in New York to you? now. Is she huge? No, she's very skinny. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was a fat kid too. I have a photo of me as the troll king in Pear Gint, and I'm like, you know, 200 pounds. Oh, wow. In seventh grade I or something. I believe it's called Pear Gunt. Pear Gunt. I don't know. I remember they did that. Gint yeah, in, in the Hall of the Mountain King. Oh, for God's sake. Do you like classical music? Nah, I mean, sometimes I'll listen to it. I don't really know. I mean, I know some just from like playing piano and stuff. You played like, piano. I did, yeah, since first grade. And, and when did you quit? Well, I quit probably. I mean, like, well, actually, then when I was in high school, I had like a cool piano teacher. I like changed piano teachers, and he was more like, you know, cool, like jazz and like, you yes. know, that stuff. So I, he would teach me, you know, what's that called? Standards, you know, and stuff, and like the chords you can do stuff with. And actually, he still plays in my hometown a lot. And so, but then I stopped, I guess, in college and stuff. And then I came to New York and Chicago. I didn't, you know, I could, if there was a piano, I'd play something, but nothing great. And then actually when I moved to L.A., then I, you know, I had a nice little, like, bungalow and I decided to get a piano. So in L.A., I played again piano and, like, would teach myself stuff. And, but, yeah, I haven't played now in, like, five years, I guess. But... You know, I still remember some things. Yeah, yeah. when you play it, that, that's yeah. what I was going to say, that yeah. my dad and mom, the best thing they did for me was they made me play piano for 10 years. Yeah. Because once you've done it 10 years, you yeah, know then, it for life. Yeah, you know it. And then, and then it's also good. And then I, like, you know, when I was in Chicago, I started playing guitar. Like, at, um, and I would take lessons. What was that? Um, Old Town Old School. Town. The place was the fucking best. Yeah. It was so cool. And so then me and my friends, like, we had a band and we would write songs and stuff. I mean, we were terrible, but it was fun, you know. And I had that. But, uh, uh, the, yeah, the piano background definitely, yeah, it was awesome. It helped. Well, good for you for learning a new skill. Like Thank I, you. My dad got me a guitar for, like, my 21st birthday, and I just didn't have the patience. I wanted yeah. – I mean, I was like, if I'm going to play an instrument again, I'd rather do like you did with, like, learning jazz piano because I was strictly classical. Yeah. I went to the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. Oh, wow. I had a solfege lessons, you know, to learn musical theory, yeah. composition lessons. I wrote two operas. Like, wow. they're terrible. They have operas? good melodies. I'm wow. a very good melody man. Oh, okay, good. But the rest of it was kind of garbage. Oh, that's okay. And I just didn't have the patience to learn a new thing. A brand new thing. A like brand my new. fingers wouldn't even know. Well, it takes, yeah, that, I mean, it does, it hurts, like, when you first start. And, like, I think if my friends weren't playing, then I would have stopped right away. But then once, like, my fingers got used to it, then it was cool. It, like, yeah, it so was cool. The lesson is your friends can help you do new yes, things that you don't want to do. Yeah. What's something new you've done recently? A brand new skill set? A brand new skill set that I've done recently? But uh, well, I think well, I guess that's not new because I did for like writing songs. I started writing songs again. Um, God, I don't know, man. Maybe nothing. Maybe I should start doing something. Well, I picked up like boxing. I did that. Like that was new. Although I stopped that because I changed gyms. Although I could still 
do it, but I just haven't lately. I got like, yeah, I bought all the stuff I needed and did that. And I liked that. But that was really hard, actually, because I thought it was just going to be like, you know, an aerobic workout. But it's like, you know, stuff to think about. And like, yeah, I didn't realize it was such like a... um like thinking thing. Is it like know, a dance? Like you yeah, to... like a dance, but almost like, and I had this friend that like David told me too, he was like, yeah, it's like chess. You got to, you know, make the right moves at the right time and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And David, and, uh, by the way, is David Del Rosario, yes. a five foot one strange man. I think he's 4'11", actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he got a very creepy mustache and yeah. kind of squid, like he's very strange talker. Yeah. And he apparently is a golden glove. glove. Fighter, fighter in Chicago. Apparently, yes. It just goes to show you, you can't read know. a book by its cover. No, you he's can't. a badass and could kill us, and yeah. he's always been the meekest person, in my opinion. I've well, meek, yeah, maybe meek. He's just weird. I can't understand what he's saying. He always sounds like he is like <laughs> stoned and he doesn't smoke weed, I don't think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, oh, and then another, like cooking, I picked that up. That wasn't recent. I always cooked, but then I got into it, like when I became vegan and stuff, then I got real into like cooking and like making like new meals and like kind of you know creating my own things based off of like what I was learning about vegetables and all that stuff so that was a new thing yeah Yeah. to posit the theory sometimes I think that like getting old is just not trying new things it's falling back in old patterns and getting static would you agree with that statement Getting old is when you become static and doing the same things over. It's when you stop trying new things. Yeah, no, yeah, I would say that, and I do new things, and I should say that I do do new things, like writing, like actually writing, like I'm writing now, but like, um, you know, like trying to write. um, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a novel, but like long form, as opposed, you know, like you know, we're actors and writers and the comedy stuff. You're writing like bits or like you know a, you know the longest thing you write is like a screenplay or a pilot or something like that and so I'm trying to like you know write I mean maybe substantial's the wrong word but like like longer form yeah like a longer yeah. form piece and so that's difficult and I don't understand that at all well something that occurs to me is like so as a creative person you don't have to keep learning a new instrument like every time you pick up your art your craft you do feel young and new because you're yeah. creating a new piece. If you're an accountant and you're playing with the same systems, it's hard to keep – I mean, my dad's an accountant, uh, so I apologize, dad. Yeah, yeah. And he loves his job. He says it's right. like figuring out a puzzle and that each tax return is like a puzzle for him to manipulate, manipulate the on. best way he can and cheat on. Yeah. You are this – so let's go to images, right? David Image. Del Rosario, Mr. Yes. Meek on the Outside. Why are we talking about David Del Rosario? I'll get to okay, it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Mr. Meek on the Outside, Golden Glove Fighter on the Outside. You. Inside and then outside. Okay, yeah. Thank you, thank yes. you. Uh-huh. So you, Bertrando, at least yes. when I first met you, were yeah. one of the most intimidating stonewall really? people. And you have, I will say, a temper at times. You can be like, no, honey. And at other times, no, you are Mr. Merriment. I've seen oh. you be whimsy itself. Oh. So tell me, who is <laughs> the Bertrando? I, I, I don't know. Both, I guess. Can't you be both? Absolutely. Well, then both. But I thought I was really nice when I met you. We when talked we about first Burning met. Man and... Absolutely. Like, Great first impressions. You know, yeah. Well, what, I wasn't mean or intimidating. I was very engaging. You are intimidating. Uh, maybe just to me. But <laughs> yeah, why do you probably. think – why are you intimidating? I don't know. If I 
that's something you perceive or feel. It's not something I feel or perceive. But you do have a temper at times. Oh, yeah, definitely have a temper at times. What pisses yeah. you off? Um, I, like when people like are full of shit, when people are bullshit. Like, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. Like, I, say, like I can't, like... And that's one of the nice things about um, teaching because I, I, I realized I didn't have a lot of patience and this has helped me be patient. And um, because, like, when I was teaching before, like... Oh, I would hate like I just I don't tolerate like bullshit or people lying to me and like that happened for some reason improv students love <laughs> to like lie and bullshit and it's like and so I like that um, I've learned to cope with that better although sometimes uh, yeah I guess I am angry and, and get direct I think but I think that's always to um, just nip it in the bud and have the bullshit stop. Yeah. And I think sometimes I think anger or not anger, but like directness or, you know, aggressiveness or whatever is the best way to just stop something. Yeah. Right. I feel the same yeah. way as a teacher or a director. Yeah. I, I, but there's yeah. a behavior that's going on. If yeah, you it's like, come on. dance around it, it only yeah. gets worse. Yeah. And it's like, come on. And it's like, we're all adults. You know you're acting like a, a fool right now. And stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. And I think and I, I think that's, I mean, I don't know. We're talking about improvising. But like, I think that's one of the, not problems, but one of the challenges is improv is that you're always told you know, for the good of the group and agree with each other and, you know, all those, like, hippy-dippy things. And I think sometimes that does a detriment to, you know, the art because it's like, well, this guy's a total fucking asshole and shows up late all the time and is a, you know, every scene he, he like, comes in. About, but, you know, it's like, no, I don't have to agree and and support that no like just like in real life if someone's an asshole I'm not going to support them and so I think you have to tell those people because I think sometimes especially in improvising people don't realize they're being an asshole maybe I don't know people in improvising don't realize a lot of things yeah like right because the fact things, that you, you should know, be paid just, to perform yeah like right yeah thing. right well um, that's a whole story yeah but um, whatever improv. but here uh, my question for you yeah, is though like, my question for when you? did you get so comfortable and direct about speaking your mind were you always that way or was there a turning um i think i i don't know i think i was always that way i think because um well you know i grew up and like i always say this and people are like you're full of shit and i always tell it to my family too but like i grew up working like you know my family has a business and they still do like a you know sub shop a deli and so i was given um like a lot of responsibility at a young age I would like you know I worked with my mom I worked with my granddad but then sometimes I would be left alone you know in in the sub shop by myself and you know taking care of the money and bada boo bada bam and you know waiting on adults and making their food and all that and I think you know I I just was comfortable telling people how because you had to. You, I was in charge of the place, and so you have to have some sort of authority. So I think at a young age, um, yeah, I learned to be authoritative. I don't know, but like I, yeah, or I learned direct. to be comfortable and direct, and and understood that that was necessary. You know, at least in a business sense. And I do remember one time 
like being taken advantage of and like I felt like uh, it felt awful there was like you know we're we're like I mean my town now is like actually like one of these like you know hip town like you know top 10 places to live you know like the bullshit arty town you know and has like you know artisanal beer shit and all these places opening up but like when I was young it was just you know our sub shop and like the barber shop and like you know the pizza gallery and that was like back in like 1940 yeah like yeah no 38 yeah (laughs) and um you know there was nothing there and so we were kind of in like the bad part of town and like the town is like you know it's called Kennett Square because it's like I think one square mile you know is the town so it's not like this big place but we were in the bad part of town and bad part meaning all the white people thought it was bad because that's where the black people live but it wasn't really you know the bad part of town but I remember like this one guy who I kind of knew and like and he came in and like often people in the neighborhood they would have like a tab or whatever and like they'd come in and you know like can i get a you know sub i'll pay you next week and you know you know you know them and you're like all right and so like this one dude comes in and like i'm by myself and i'm like i don't know 12 years old i don't know he's like oh i need to borrow 50 bucks and i'm like oh i'm like you know i even knew that i'm like that's a lot you know like 10 bucks back in the day that was like a lot to borrow you know to give you know a customer or whatever and he's like, you know, no, no, you know, your dad said it was cool, you know, or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. He would have told me that, you know. And this guy kept like pressing until finally, like, I loaned him the fifty bucks, and um, you know, he didn't. We didn't see him again, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then like my dad came in the sub shop and like, yo, what's I think his name was Jackie or something. Jackie came in. He was like, my dad was like, what? And he wasn't mad at me. My dad, he was like, man, you know, he's like, you know, that asshole took advantage of my son and blah, blah, blah. And I, I learned that I felt like awful. I felt like a fool, like I was taken advantage of. And I was I felt terrible because my dad wasn't mad at me. I felt like my dad, like, almost felt sorry for me. I mean, either, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that was even. And so I think that was, I mean, obviously, because I still remember it. And that was like a time I was like, ooh, I'm not going to be a... Uh, you know, a simp. I don't know. Let people take advantage of me and yeah, like be walked in. Yeah, and then actually, me. this guy, like two years later, he came in and like paid like you know his tab. But oh, he yeah, and they were. Did you charge him interest on that fifty? Well, that was the thing. Like people would like always steal shit, like steal chips and stuff, or whatever, or, like try <laughs> to get away with stuff. And like we'd never like my Sounds grandfather like the was yeah, like you know. <laughs> And, like, next time they come in and buy something, my grandfather would just, you know, charge them, like, 50 cents extra or whatever to make up for whatever, you know. Yeah. But There's a lot of trust in that, which is something yeah. that I feel like the, the small-town business mentality – and what's actually cool about being at the Annoyance is there's that homey feel of, like, we can make yeah. accommodations and everything has to be by the rules. The, right. the death to me of New York is fresh and co's and cozies and just, like, people being turned into automated workers. No one looks happy. There's oh a strict change yeah. of command. There's no originality or soul. W- the uh, people aren't happy. It's ridiculous. Did you it, go to Whole Foods yet in Williamsburg? No, you oh have. You told God. me all about it. <laughs> And like I was there, and I'm checking out, and the checkout area is so stupid. Of course, all these st- I don't understand how who designs these stores. It's like absolutely ridiculous. It's like there's no place to put the shit you're going to buy because it's so tiny. 
And so, like, I put my basket on top of the counter, right? Mm-hmm. And the gal's, like, checking me out. And this other gal comes up, I guess, like, the manager. And, like, I'm standing right there. And she tells the gal checking me out, oh, just so you know, you know, make sure customers don't put their baskets up here, okay? And, like, I'm standing right there. I'm like, I feel like saying, well, where the fuck am I supposed to put it? And then, like, she walks away. And then the gal at the counter just, like, stares at me. Oh, just so you know, I'm a customer. I'm like, I was standing right. You're not a human But they're not, yeah, they're not even, like. And then I was at, like, I don't know why. I was at TJ Maxx, and I was going to buy, like, I was buying a, uh, I had to buy, like, a jacket because I was, like, going to a show, and I needed, like, a blazer. And, like, so I got this blazer, and I was going to buy a picture frame because I wouldn't buy this frame. But, you know, TJ Maxx, they put all the fucking stickers, like, the prices right on the glass. And so, like, I go and didn't buy it. And, like, I'm buying the blazer. And, you know, they're always like, "Is there, did you find everything okay today? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I was like, you know. And I'm like, I'm going to tell her. You know, I'm like, just so you know. I was going to buy this picture frame, but you guys always put the price stickers like right on the glass, and that drives me crazy because then they don't come and leave paper there. And then she's just just like staring at me. I think she's listening to me. And then she's like, "Would you like ten percent off on your order today?" And sign up. Like she's not even like she's multiple like, yeah, choice. Like, like what is like redu- oh reducing my this? God. I mean, I think that, that it's like the gross. It's the gross application of Henry Ford type automation, automation yeah. on people who are just providing uh, lifestyle or, uh, or or service in general. It's not even like building a car anymore. It's no. like I go to Fresh and Co. and I watch these people, and I'm ordering, you know, fuck me about privilege. I'm ordering a twelve dollar salad. Like right, I should exactly. be shot for that. Right. But I'm trying to eat healthy. Well, blah blah blah. It's expensive. And. Um, I go and I, they, I like say, okay, they ask, what lettuce? And I say, kale. And then they, their eyes go away and then they walk back and they say, what le- what did you want? And I say, kale. And then they'll say like, okay, what what ingredients? And they're flashing through stuff and they're missing the things I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, I don't but care. I get it. They, they don't they're care. they minimum wage. Well, like, what do you care? Who gives a fuck? And they have no, in- they have no vested interest in that store. That's the big thing yeah. is the vested interest. It's the yeah. idea of like, Someone gives a fuck in a business because right. they have an interest in it, and right. the imp- it's not just you're an automaton. But see, but automaton. see, I got well. Maybe it's just living in Williamsburg because I see there's all, I guess because the rent's so fucking high. There's always like a new place and then it's gone. But like there's a, like that sandwich place by me, and like I had just gotten back from Argentina and they had opened up, and like I go in, I live basically next door to the place. I'm like, oh, you know, so cool that you guys open. I'm excited. You know, I live right. You know, there and like I've been waiting for you guys. Uh, did you want something? Is like the response. I'm like, this is why you're not going to stay in business. It's yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? But whatever. Maybe that's just because I don't know. No, but people treat each other like. I mean, we had a bachelor, or, or sorry, even worse, uh, a baby shower. Isn't that what they're called? A yeah. baby shower at oh, our studio at the, space oh, the other yeah. day? Yeah, I was there when they came to see it or whatever, like well, to see well, the space. Did yeah. you know what they did? They trashed it. They left it trashed with <laughs> Ariel Little Mermaid merchandise everywhere. They had used a big pink chalk marker to write on all the windows you know, get it, girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're, you know, happy, blah, blah, blah. Right. And just uh, LOL and like all this shit. And then and then they had Slept cleaned up nothing and they had not paid because our intern got to the baby shower too late. And they have since, 
I have called them twice. I have emailed them three times, as have my associates. They are not returning calls. They are not going they to pay for pay it. You? And they did not even <laughs> clean up. Outrageous. That's Who funny. does that to wow. a small theater? That's funny. Like, the gal, she seemed cool. She was real nice. The dude, he was cool, but I was like, all right. The gal's the one who won't return my calls. Matt, I swear, like, you talk about fool me once. Like, that's the kind of shit that gets under my skin because I am not fresh and co. The annoyance is not. We are a struggling small business, and we give a fuck, and we give you good service, and you still fuck us. Yeah, right. That ain't cool. Ugh. But, oh, well, live and learn. Live and learn. You live, you learn. (laughs) Do you? Is there anything? Yeah. I mean, clearly you're opinionated. You have an opinion about everything, and you well, aren't afraid you? to share it. Yeah, I'm okay, the same well, way. I think everybody is opinion that has opinions. Well, are you ever in the mode of honey over vinegar? Honey over vinegar? Well, I don't really like honey. I do like <laughs> vinegar. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm usually vinegar over honey. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It's you, it's like, uh, it's how you. Uh, but see, I think if if. If something makes, yeah, like I think that's bullshit then. If you feel vinegar and then you act like honey, I mean you can feel vinegar and still come across without being an asshole, I think. Yeah, they might be pull. I might, those might be extremes. But on the spectrum, I have found that people are more likely to listen and change if I come at them from a honey perspective even though I'm feeling vinegar inside Whoa. in business I don't express everything I have I have expressed my entire feelings on a subject maybe three times most well, of the time I hold something back well I think that but I mean again coming to the improv thing when people are like oh good show good show it's like you and then afterwards they're like that was a piece of shit or what it's like well why are you telling someone it's a good show I mean, you don't have to be an asshole and be like, that sucked, but you don't have to go, like, tell people something's good if you don't feel it. And I think it actually does a detriment to, especially if you're a student and, like, people are always like, oh, those guys are, like, a great team or that's that's a great show or whatever. And then, like, if it's, you know, not, I mean, obviously people have different opinions, but, like, if it's not, then you it just then people try to em- like then the student thinks oh that's good that's what i should try to be emulate and I, I don't think it's good and i think you should always be honest in your opinions yes um but that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole there's yeah there's a way to like say things that aren't you don't have to be an asshole about but yeah, yeah. i don't know sometimes i'm sure i'm not good at that but whatever and i think i get away with it too cuz people you know, I think I do. I think I, I use humor a lot of the times if I have to say something that's, um, you know, maybe going to be perceived as, you know, a criticism or something. I try to use humor, especially in an improv class. Yeah. Because you're supposed to be funny, right? Yeah. And that's, I love like the first day improv class, especially when people don't know who I am, which always puzzles me like if I have a student who doesn't I'm like why the fuck are you taking my class you're an idiot off the bat I think you're an idiot why would you sign up to spend I don't know how much it is $350 not even Google your teacher yeah to take right to take a class with someone you don't know yeah I mean you're an idiot there's not sorry I don't I don't care and I've lost all respect for you on day one yeah and you'll never get any better (laughs) this is the thing I struggle with I don't lie about yes. things like after a show I, I don't honestly oh, okay, like I had a show that I was part of that I just backed out of recently and I spilled the beans to my class in a way that was probably inappropriate about how I truly felt about the show the problem with me and I am honest about my opinions yeah. is that 
sometimes I think that being honest is a form of me being close and vulnerable with people. But I've learned that just because you have honest feelings doesn't mean that it's always appropriate to share them. Exactly. And that's the tricky thing because to me, I'm like, I'm being a more open, vulnerable person by telling everyone everything I think. Yeah. And that has gotten me in trouble. Even when I feel honestly and express honestly how I feel. But, I mean, and people say that I'm very honest, but I'm also very private. I don't share everything. Like, I think that's weird. And that's like, I don't know. And, like, I think, yeah, I think, like, people who overshare, for example, on, like, social media and stuff, like, to me, first of all, it's ridiculous and it's cra- you're a crazy person. But also, <laughs> it's like you're not, like, you're not really being honest, like I think overly sharing like that is actually a cover for dishonesty. Like because you yeah, you're not you're not giving your true opinion, you're not portraying your true feelings really. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, maybe a good thing because why the fuck are you portraying your you know, true feelings on I don't know, Twitter or whatever the fuck people do. You know, it's weird. That's weird to me. Yeah. I've I uh I tend to not share when it's something like, for example, if an improv thing is happening and I'm representing the annoyance, I am not going to comment right. on an improv thing on Facebook ever. Of course. Only lighthearted yeah, shit. Yeah, like, that's I don't business. give a fuck. Yeah. But I will say that I have at times gotten emotional or venting, especially like around all the shit that's going on in America. I have been a fucking mic for myself on Facebook, probably annoying other people, right. but because, well, it's just pushed me to the place where I feel like if I'm going to say something and I don't know, I'm probably in an echo chamber. Everyone already agrees with me, but it is like right. it feels justified to vent how angry I am at this country okay. right now or well, something like I that. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess that's OK. But like, honestly, like I spent I just talking uh, like I guess it was last Saturday. I had like some time to myself. And I spent the whole day just hiding people on Facebook. And most of them were, like, the people who post, like, Bernie Sanders. It's like, give me a fucking break. Who the fuck cares? And it's just like, I mean, obviously I care, but not, like, that's not really caring. Posting these fucking articles from Vox or whatever the fuck about. I I mean, the Vox articles all the time. It's like, and I'm like, this is like, why are you taking the word of whoever wrote this horribly written article as like, tr- it's like, are you a fucking idiot? So I like, I decided like, yeah, a lot of people you know too are no longer on my Facebook feed. Oh, shame. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there are certain sources like the New York Times that I trust as being more fact based. And I even mm-hmm. on the New York Times will read David Brooks, who's their conservative right. columnist right. just to see no, yeah, how is sure. he framing the issue I'm trying to educate myself in more way than one but well that's a smart I mean an intelligent guy right I mean, he has opinions and he writes them in an intelligent way some fucking hipster in Williamsburg writing for BuzzFeed I'm sorry I'm not I don't listen to you yeah. nor am I going to read it because you're an idiot and you haven't done like the work that David Brooks right. has done to yeah. formulate his opinions no right. you got 10 followers <laughs> well Yes, we, we've been Philip. talking about a lot of... Have we? I don't know. Is this conversation? I don't, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. You made a joke earlier about my flamboyant tank top. I'll take the criticism and Thank think you. about it. Okay, good. Um, we've been talking about things that are peeves to us or pet yes. peeves to us. What is something that inspires you? Um, something that inspires me? 
Um, well, I, like, you know, seeing, especially now, to, I think, getting away from, like, regular acting and doing improv and stuff, like, going, like, seeing, like, a show, show, like a play or even a musical, which I didn't used to like musicals, and I actually really still don't, to be honest, but, like... That's inspiring to me. Um, and then I've gotten back into reading a lot. And, like, there's some, like, that's really inspiring, reading, like, reading these books that, and, like, I have a guy who gives me these books, and he was a, a professor, and he's a writer, and he's, you know, a very smart dude. And so all these books he gives me are, like, incredible. And that's very inspiring. I think coming from a background, again, where we write a three-minute sketch and we think we're fucking brilliant and then you you know read something that's actually brilliant and then that that's inspiring to me seeing like you know i saw long day's journey into night and that fucking jessica lang it's just like that's inspiring to me um i think music like inspires me sometimes travel inspires me a lot yeah you've uh, traveled by yourself a lot yeah that's something i'm getting me. into yes i think that and like I see that's oh I see that's the one thing and I do say to my classes which you probably will hate me for you don't care anymore but like I tell them like usually I tell them at the end of the class I'm like stop taking these fucking classes like I mean they're just ripping you off I mean I don't think honestly I don't think I can honestly say and I you know you know I'm, I don't think the annoyance rips people off and I think out of all the places I performed and um, worked I would say other ones have ripped people off where I've worked and performed. I mean, when you're taking, you know, classes like what the mono scene or whatever the fuck they come up with these, it's like you're you're just ripping people off. Now. It's a lot of just doing a new form. Yeah, and that's just to make money. Or the worst um, is like you can't audition for a specific yeah, place I mean, unless you've taken a class yeah, in the last year. Yeah, that's right. just money laundering. Right, it's just like, money. And yeah. so like... That's uninspiring, but I feel like I tell my students, especially because I wish, although I did travel when I was younger, but, and actually maybe I'm glad like when I was older I started traveling again, but I feel like these, when I see these young kids, kids, I don't know, 20 something stuff, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you should be out, like you know, I mean, I guess that's what they want to do is make these shitty YouTube videos or whatever the fuck they're doing, (laughs) but I feel like, my God, go out, you're young, like, Go fucking to China. I don't know. Go to Argentina. Go somewhere and, like, see what's up in the world you're living in, you know? I think that's the most inspiring and the most, like, I think that's the best thing you can do, honestly, is traveling. I I think, yeah. I think that, and I'll speak for myself, I felt an immense pressure to narrow down myself to a successful adventures or, like, this is my focus. This is me applying my time and energy. I'm not wasting time. I'm having fun with friends outside of comedy. Thank God I maintained some non-comedy friends or I would have shot myself a long time ago. But I was so – like, I just stepped down from running the annoyance, and the first thing I did is I'm taking a a three-and-a-half-week trip. I have never done that. Yeah. I've always gone job to job to job. No. And I I regret that I'm 30 now, and in a way, like, the aimlessness, the Walt Whitman, I'm just going to go on this, you know, some of the greatest thinkers just let their mind be bored and travel and not know what's up. Yeah. Just to be open. Oh, my God. It's the best. It's the best. And you realize... You realize, like, who you're not is, like, instead of, like, that's what I realized traveling. It wasn't really, like, I discovered who I am. It was discovered who I'm not. And I'm not, like, 
you know, the L.A. actor. Like, I'm an actor. Like, you label yourself things. No, you're not. Like, I realize that when I travel. Oh, I'm... Uh, you know, um, a, a, you know, a, I don't know, left-leaning, you know, liberal. No, you're not. Like, you're, you know, you, you really get, um, when you're out of your element, you get to discover here and you realize all those things that you think you are are actually not you, but just like kind of the context that you're in. Mm-hmm. And that's not you. You're not the context. You're you. Um, and so I think that's that was a good lesson in traveling. Is like I, I realized who I wasn't as opposed to really who I am. And I guess that's a way to get to who you are. But that's like, a really smart thing to say because so many people chase the big question of who am I. But yeah. Kind of narrowing down like what do I know? Well, at this point, I know who I am not. Right. That can be very helpful. Um, how did ayahuasca, which you've talked to me Ooh. a lot about, play into this this idea? Well. I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, that was intense, and it was something, yeah, I wanted to do, but, and I liked where I did it, you know, and it was, like, fucking, you know, it was fucking amazing, you're in, like, Peru in the jungle, and, like, it was crazy, and, um, but, yeah, that experience was, yeah, you definitely, I mean, my, because I went with the intention, I wanted, like, more love in my life more love love that was like what I kept because they asked you you know come up with Nintendo that's what I wanted and so like I remember and you know I mean it's fucking insane there's like you know this like you know mother vine talk communicating with me and like chiseling away at walls inside my body and like you know it was fucking intense and like then she like led me to death and like which was like a yellow like it was all yellow and there was like these black streaks running around which was like I don't know like consciousness I don't fucking know and like she wanted me to dive into it and I was like so scared and um and then she was like you know like you're god and I was like I'm not god and she was like yes you're god and I was like I don't want to be god I was like that's you know that's too much pressure you know and she's like no no like everybody's god and that's why you have to choose love in every situation and that was like that was a big um lesson and getting back to like you know you're saying I'm opinionated or like angry and have a temper I think what I'm trying to do now is still have love behind it even, you know, when I'm director saying something critical, I think now I realize, and I'm not nearly successful at it, is that now because of that experience with ayahuasca, I try to put love um, into those even negative moments because, like, you realize, like, that's, well, I realized from that I was, like, how like every moment how many moments that you're not choosing love whether it be at like whole foods dealing with these two women who are ignoring me you know talking about me and ignoring me or like you know whatever it is like you can you know make that fun or you can make it like an awful thing and Mm -hmm. so i think i was doing too much of the latter and now i'm trying to do or too much of the former. Now I'm trying to do ladder choosing the the love thing with that. And that was a big lesson from the ayahuasca. And then, I mean, the whole experience was fucking crazy. It was fucking crazy. And all the people, there was like 10 other people at the retreat who were all, like, they were fucking out of their minds. Like, you know, they were talking about, like, past lives. Like, you know, like we're talking about improv. You know what I mean? It was just like, you're like, okay, yeah, right. And, like, 
And it's funny when I'm in a group of people, I'm sure that, like, I'm very quiet. Like, when I'm in a, like, a situation, because that was, like, but I'm very quiet. There was, like, social times, and I didn't really. I'm sort of the same way yeah, when I'm not. Yeah, yeah I gabby, didn't. Gabby, yeah, I'm not scene. a gabber, and I think that kind of offended some people, and that, like, would come out, like, in some of the ceremonies, like, the one guy, like, he, like, shit himself, and then he was, like, they had to clean him up, and he, like, lost his glasses and he was like crawling back to his mattress and he like started like yelling at me and like was like who you know who do you think you're you're on my mattress I'm like no you know and I'm like fucking you know tripping balls and like this guy's like you know that just so I mean it was like fucking insane but like that had come out in the um, one ceremony but it was just weird and like still I have these ayahuasca like it, it still comes back I remember when I moved here like I was in the street and I saw this woman who was like on the on the same retreat as me and she was from australia so it was really weird and she's like in the east village on a city bike and i'm like morgan and she's like looking at me doesn't reckon because you know you know i had long hair then and like i would have a full beard like on this retreat and i was like you know mountain man and like then she had said i was going to my friend's like art opening so i was like all you know styled and like looking cool and stuff and she didn't recognize me but it was funny to like talk to her afterwards because like how it affected her. She was like leaving the next day to take a cross country trip, and like now she's like in the desert writing music. You know, it's like yeah. it's cool like the experiences that the other people have because I do actually. There are like a few people I do still follow on Facebook are my ayahuasca um, mm-hmm. retreat goers. But yeah, that that's something not that I would recommend to everyone. But if but you're the idea into it, to do it, yeah. Just getting, getting into solitude or getting into, like you said, you're quiet on this retreat. Like, I have two thoughts. One is, so I haven't talked much about it, but, you know, I stepped down from the annoyance. I was very, uh, that w- that happened after a week-long artist trip. Uh, right. And by stepping down, I mean I'm just not running it anymore. Right. I'm still glad still to still performing perform and there. stuff, yeah. But that only came when I really got away and had nothing to do for a week. I, I'm usually so plugged in. It's so hard for me to do that. I know you're very good about not checking email. I'm not. I'm a crack addict to email. And this was just like the first time I was actually tough love with myself yeah. and said, you are not going to do this. And that tough love, which you're kind of talking about, was the time that I finally got the courage to make a choice that I knew was really important to me. So I think this idea of loving even while you're pushing through difficult shit is is what I really want to work toward. It, it's about taking new ventures in life. It's about, you know, you come back from these retreats and you're full of sparkle inside and you can be yeah. kind to the checkout right. lady. But it will always be easier to be aggravated. I don't right. know why we just tend toward aggravation. Well, it's habitual, yeah. And we're stressed and we're yeah, taught. You're in New York. There's you know, people bumping into you every five seconds, of course. So yeah. it's always going to be easier to be Right. angry right yeah i mean for some i mean for me yeah for sure and to stay in patterns yeah that's your pattern yeah and but i mean and i think i've been doing well with it and i feel better and like these past like since moving back to new york i've been like the happiest i've been in year. i mean i'm always happier well i don't know traveling i'm like i mean you don't even recognize me like i'm like i go crazy it's fun and like I'm so happy and like I was like nervous like coming back and then I like moved to New York again and like so I was nervous but I was like oh I'm so happy but I've maintained like when I moved I was just I've maintained like 
the um, concept that I'm still traveling, like it's still an adventure. And I think that's helped me. So I think of it like I don't like permanent things and like I like temporary things and I like um, like traveling, going to new places and not like now, like, you know, where I live now, it's like not my place, but it is my place. I love that I could like leave in a second and not worry about it and not have a lot of stuff and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that that happened like because I used to be almost like a hoarder. Not a horror, but I mean, I would keep shit and I had all this stuff. I loved my stuff. And then, like, when I left for South America, I sold everything. And, like, I sold all the, I mean, everything got Your rid piano? of. Your piano? Yep. Got rid of everything. I remember, like, I, yeah, I was, I, like, called my dad. I was like, yeah, I'm selling all my stuff. I put all my stuff, like, you know, I'm selling it on Craigslist. And then he asked me if I was suicidal. <laughs> I was like, Your dad no, going all the way yeah. back to you want to be yeah. in a play, son? Yeah. Um, I was like, no, dude, I'm getting rid of this shit. And that was great because you feel so like, oh, it felt awesome. I was like, and like sometimes I'll be Let's like, wait. yeah, where's that shirt? And I kind of get sad. But then yeah, I'm like, fuck it. But there are things like my dog is someone I have to take care of. I can't yeah. just leave town. That's, right, sure. And I feel bad when I don't take care of her well enough. Um, well, but like, you must feel bad a lot. Yes, thank you for trying to. <laughs> um, I was also going to ask you. You know, we're we're coming near the end of our podcast today, yeah. our Sparkle Cast. Sparkle but, um, cast. I was going to ask what turns you on, and, and maybe talk about your new boy, that this oh. guy that is sort of something you're attached to. What's that like? Well, I wouldn't say attached. I say it's like very different for me. Any relationship. I'm not a relationship person. I had, you know, a few over the years, but nothing, um, I don't know. I mean, no, no, that's not true. Everyone was great. And, like, I loved all of them and blah, blah, blah. And I have, like, relationships, you know, non-romantic relationships all the time. But I like being alone. So I think for me that's um, the biggest change. But actually what I would like to talk about with that, which I've been thinking about, and this may be related, but like, and you know, we'll call him Lucas, but that's kind of like his name. And uh, is that this friend of like, because you know, I do this like Vipassana meditation, you know, and this friend of mine, John, like, I took him on a retreat with me like years ago when we were in California. And then now, like, he, like we still stay in touch. He's a, a good friend of mine. And uh, he's gotten really, like, even more so into Vipassana than I am. He's going on retreats, and he talked about And now he just did a retreat where he was, like, you can do, like, a server, it's called. And so you're, like, one of the attendants and make the food and help, like, you know, people if they have problems at the retreat or whatever. And it's, like, this idea of being in service and stuff. And that, like, he was talking about it. And, like, we laugh at because he's, like, a comedian, too. He's a filmmaker. And we laugh about, oh, my God, it's such, like, a great story. And, like, you know, some of the people – I mean, it's funny, too. But it's also, like, he was talking about being of service and how, God, it was really, you know, intense and beneficial. Just, like, you know, not getting thanked for stuff and, like – just doing things out of goodness to help people for no other reason. I was like, whoa, that, and I was thinking about that. And so, like, with this relationship now I'm in, I've been thinking like that. And I'm like, I don't want to be thanked or, like, you know, you don't got to tell me you love me or I'm not waiting for thank yous or whatever. And I'm just, like, trying to be, and it's really fucking hard trying to be almost like of service not like a servant but like of service like 
I'll make dinner for you or I'll, you know, like wake up and like, you know, he leaves to, you know, go to work. And he's like, you know, he works like a, you know, corporate person, which is really fucking weird. But, um, you know, I'll make the bed. I'll put, you know, the dishes away and whatever, just to be like nice and do something nice for someone. And like, it's really like, it's when I think about all of this, like in service, it's been so much nicer doing it that way. Whereas before I would, I mean, honestly, I would do something nice for like, you know, I remember like this one gal I was dating, Dana, like I would do nice stuff for her, but I knew because, oh, like, cause then we'll get high and like, fuck, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or whatever, you know what I mean? It wasn't like as pure as, um, I don't know, genuine maybe. And like now I think maybe it comes with older. And so that's like one of the main things I've learned about this relationship about myself. And he's a, I mean, he's a great person. And I learned that from him too, because he's so kind and sincere. And I think that's, I think that's what attracts me to South America too. Cause, and he's, you know, in Central America and even like on the cruises, we go to Mexico and like all those places and stuff. And I meet these people. I find that they're just so much more genuine and sincere than we are as Americans because we're very – I'm very sarcastic. And and cynical. And- cynical and blah. And they're just like – you know, I'll say – and like won't get a joke because it's like a sarcastic joke. And he doesn't understand. And you're like, oh, that's – you're a nice person. That's why you don't <laughs> understand that joke. Oh, you, it's like, oh. You it's don't like, laugh oh, at the expense yeah, of right. other people. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I should work on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a nice – it's been a very big learning experience for me. Well, that's a new. Yeah, that's a new. And it's great. I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Hmm. But um, it's awesome. But I do, I mean, I, wanna, I, I need my alone time. Like, I, I like being alone. And that, you know, something in the back of my head if, you know, God, what if I want to, you know, because like Brazil is like on my list for the next destination. That would have to be like a big trip like you know i want to do like a six-month adventure in brazil and so it's like oh well what happens you know i never had to worry about that before in my Mm -hmm. life um so that's the only you know maybe drawback but that's not a thing i'm just enjoying every day now and that's been uh, um yeah a great thing but that idea of being in service of something that's like really insane and it's really it's surprising how good that feels it's surprising when you do it you know, purely like that. It reminds me of when That's I was simple. raised Catholic, actually, which, you know, before the Catholic I. Church fucked up my life. But, like, yeah. it, there is something that was, like, very altruistic in that. Um, and I'm going to take what you said and learn from what you just said because oh. I have never had a long-term relationship. And, Good for you. Well, I'm trying. I need to be alone. I'm also not totally honest with my feelings. And yeah. uh, I'm not necessarily ready to just be in service. I still feel very much like I have to be taken care of. But that's what I'm working on. Yeah. All right. Well, we've come to the end of SparkleCast, at which point we always play. I always invent a game that is in service to the person that was so kind to do the podcast with me. So that would be me. That would be you, Mr. Petrando. And so the game that I've come up with you is called uh, Tell It True. Tell it true. It's called Tell It True. And Tell it's going to be true. rapid fire. Okay. I'm going to improvise, come up with things, oh subjects, or specifics that okay. I want you to give your immediate, most honest reaction. Okay. Uncensored, just whatever it is. Okay. And we're just going to go through a host of topics real quick. Right. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Um, great. Uh, beginning naive improv students. Um, change careers immediately. Hillary Clinton. Um, she is nice, but I'd rather like Michelle Obama. 
um, uh, uh, global warming. Yeah, we got to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Eating meat. Uh, I understand it, but it's awful for you. Yeah. No, don't do it. Uh, vaccines. Good. Oh, yeah. You have to get vaccinated. Yeah. And all men should be on prep. That was the next question I was going to ask. Yes. Uh, safe sex. Yes, that's the safest sex you can have. Safe sex doesn't mean condom anymore. Donald Trump. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, 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 oh, mid-tier uh, improvisers that have done a lot of training and coach yeah, a lot. you definitely should quit. You should stop. <laughs> You're not funny. You have no point of view. You have nothing inside you that anyone wants to hear about. Great. Hollywood. Um, it's fun. It's fun. It's surprisingly fun. But if you are a drinker, you shouldn't move there. Dogs. I love dogs. I love chocolate labs. I love Labradors. They're my favorite dogs. Yeah. Dog. My the, my dog, he was the love of my life this past dog, Lardy. Love of my life. He was the best. Mm. Breaks my heart. I have a portrait of him in my bedroom. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Over, overweight people. Overweight people. Um, if you're happy, go for it. I like <laughs> overweight people. Yeah, sure. Flying on domestic airlines. Um, flying in general, I fucking hate it. Domestic airlines. I mean, JetBlue I'm into because you can just get your own snacks. I'm into that. I think that's great. It's like having a bodega on the plane. It's fucking awesome. Burning Man. Um, one, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was great. It was fucking great. But now it's like there's too many fucking people. Too many people and not people. It's like frat party. Yeah. And I didn't like frat parties ever. Yeah. Colonizing other planets. Colonizing other planets? No. Yeah. We've ruined one. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, don't do that. Let Is... them be like national parks or something. God. God, I would say universe. Um, yeah, I believe in energy. I believe we're not alive now. There's no such thing as life. There's only death. Great. <laughs> and uh, final one, oh. the concept of yes and. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> that whole how that. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other conversation that a theater can exist without a leader. It's amazing. But anyway. Well, I yeah. guess we're not going to go into that yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but thank you for being part of Sparkle thank Cast. Thank you, Sparkle Cast. Thank, thank you, you for Philip. teaching me. Thank you for teaching me. Great. Uh, yes, great. And thank you for listening. Sparkle on. Sparkle on. Is that what you end it with? Sparkle never, I've on. never ended it with that before. <laughs> don't ever again. <laughs> Oi. That was fun, Philly. And that's a wrap with Michael Bertrando. Wow. Okay, here's to life. Here's to your ayahuasca trip whenever you decide to take it and not being taken advantage of, choosing love, and maybe you should book a three-week trip to Bali. That's what I did after this. Next week, we'll be back with Brett Davis, consummate performer in New York City and master of characters. Here's a little snippet of the game we play at the end where he's doing as many characters as he can in a minute. Hey man, what's up? It's Freshy Freshy, man. <laughs> People always say, yo, Freshy Freshy, why they call you Freshy 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 Freshy? I always say, cause we. <laughs> Next up. Hey, what's up, slobs? You got your knobs tuned to Vic and the Moose on WQEF, the Queef. See you next Wednesday.